The things that we have in our heart that we think are impossible are often just milestones waiting to get accomplished if you can push those limits. Listen, everything was impossible until someone did it, so you can either hang around people that tell you it can be done, or hang around people that inspire possibilities. Welcome to the Path to Unlimited, weekly interviews with entrepreneurs, athletes, artists, those that inspire possibilities. And I'm your host, Julian Marion. All right, welcome to the Path to Unlimited. Today I have Daniel Tate. Daniel, welcome to the Path to Unlimited. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So, guys, I'm going to give you a quick little bio intro on on Danielle and what she's about, and then I will let you know why I have her on the show. So, Danielle is the founder and CEO of MissNowMrs.com, a multi-million dollar online name change company. As a female founder in her 20s, she noticed that few businesses guides offer step-by-step advice to smart but inexperienced entrepreneurial women. This void inspired Danielle, the author of Elegant Entrepreneur, the female founder guide to starting and growing your first company to help other women find their place and flourish within the entrepreneurial world. Danielle is an entrepreneur, wife, mother, Pilates devotee, and name change expert in her spare time. Danielle, wow, that is just quite a resume. Thank you. <laughs> so guys, I wanted to have her um, on a show just because I know there's, there's quite a few of you guys out there, you know, women with sometimes some of those, um, you know, perceived limitations on on starting a business or growing a business. And, um, you know, her her new book is all about that. It's all about how to start a business, especially, you know, as a woman where we know that sometimes, you know, you might feel guilty, um, you know, of not taking care of your kids whenever you're working on your business and which is sometimes something that dad don't always have, but that mom, you know, feel a little bit more. So I really wanted to have her kind of dig into her journey and maybe answer some of the questions that we might have with that. But Danielle, is there anything else that you would like to share about you and your business? Absolutely. I consider myself an accidental entrepreneur. Uh, I come from a sales background and with a degree in biology. And so for me to have an idea, find a market and create a tech company and be so successful truly proves the point that anyone with a good idea can and should build a business. That is awesome. So biology, what did you want to do with that? I was I spent the first 20 years of my life trying to be and striving towards becoming a cardiologist. And I missed medical school by three at the cutoff. I was the third person that they didn't accept. And instead of going home to my very small town in Pennsylvania as a failure, I looked at that failure as the opportunity to try something new and took the first job available, which was sales. All right. So so you originally from Pennsylvania? Yes. Okay, awesome. All right, Danielle. So now with your, you know, your business, so you, you know, you're an entrepreneur, an author, um, a coach. So I want to know, you know, do you have something like a, like a go-to quote or a mantra that you go by that kind of refocuses you, you know, whenever, uh, you know, tough time happens? I have, I have two. Um, the first is from Vincent Van Gogh, and it's, I am seeking, I am striving, I am in it with all my heart. And that helps remind me and just fire up the passion that, you know, this is my world and my company, my ideas. And, you know, the day is mine to make of it what it will be. 
And um, I just, that quote always, always does the exact right thing to get me motivated. And then my second favorite quote is from Og Mandino, of whom I'm a very huge fan. And it's, all obstacles are truly opportunities in disguise. And that's something that has become very much a mantra for me. Love it. I've never heard neither one of those two. But I really, I think I'm going to listen back to, to the interview and just really kind of dig deeper um, into those two. Um, so, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about you, your why. You know, like, what do you do what you do now? The book is very much my, my current why. I want to lower the barriers to entry and success for future female founders. Statistics and different studies that are coming out are showing that women entrepreneurs are very successful. Uh, venture capitalists that back a female-founded company receive a 35% higher return on their investment than if they had just invested in a male-founded company. And um, the problem is there aren't enough women starting up and those who do start up aren't scaling and they aren't scaling fast enough. And so my why is to change the world for women entrepreneurs. Awesome. So <clears throat> I don't know if you have the answer, but what do you think that that um, that a woman business, you know, will be more successful, for example, than than a guy business? I have a theory. Um, it's not tested, but. Women tend to be slightly more risk averse. We look before we leap. And so in business, we will probably do more testing and iterations before releasing a project product or jumping into a partnership than our male counterparts. I do really enjoy uh, co-founded teams of men and women. I think we balance very well. But that same look before you leap also, I believe, is what's handicapping women who have amazing ideas but are counting, they look before they leap and they're looking so far that they can't see how they're getting from point A to point Z. So I, I can definitely see all that, all that you're saying, because, you know, especially my wife and I owning a business together, you know, I am, I tend to be the action person that jumps in and wants to partner up with everyone. And she tends to be the one that is slight, you know, more of, a, of the break, right? That wants to analyze. Um, obviously, she has different skill set. You know, then me, she's a lot more intuitive, you know, and what's happening around and I'm more of the action person. So I definitely see that happening. Um, my question to you is like, so, so what would, you know, what, what would you tell a woman that, you know, you feel like she should be starting, but she is, she's second guessing herself and not wanting to pull the trigger? I would tell her to truly analyze her idea. That's the first step. And because it's sometimes difficult when you ask friends and family and even mentors to get an honest answer as to if you have a good idea or not, I created something called the Innovation Gauntlet. And it's a series of questions to ask yourself about your product or service or solution. And if it comes out the other side of the gauntlet, you do have something viable that's worthy of more research and more investment of your time. So I would say dig into your idea, get comfortable, and then move forward, even if it's scary. Okay, so now let's, let's steer back, steer the ship back into focus on you a little bit. Um, so tell us a little bit, because I know, you know as a, you, you're a mom, right? You have a um, six-and-a-half-year-old <laughs> boy. <laughs> I do. Right? We want to make sure we, you know, we do him right. Um, so he is tell my me. favorite startup. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, so tell us, are you an early bird 
a night owl or early owl? It's kind of like a, you know, a mix of the two. <laughs> I am an early bird. My alarm goes off at 519 and I'm in the gym by 6, back by 730, have breakfast on the table and we all get out the door by 815. Love it. I think as a parent, like you always need to have a clear schedule, um, you know, as to what you're going to do. Otherwise, you just lose your day extremely fast. So do you have kind of, um, you know, like a, a life checklist or, a li- you know, like a checklist or a, something that you, you look at and you say, you know what, like you kind of just measure your life based on that. You know, those are kind of like, you know, uh, not necessarily key principles, but almost that you're looking at it like and you're constantly looking at it and making sure that you are true to yourself and your vision. To some degree, yes. I always strive to leave the world better than it started the day I woke up. And so I'm cognizant of my actions and how I treat people and the good that I try to do daily. It's also very important to me to be a good CEO, a good wife, a good mother, a good friend, a good daughter. And sometimes it's very difficult to do all of those at the same time, but I do my best to spin as many plates as possible and just leave things more positive than they started. So how do you manage being um, a mom, a wife, and a CEO? How do you manage all three of those? Because I know that is often often, very often, the the challenge that a lot of women have, you know, feeling that they're sacrificing their family or their relationship for their business. So how do you do that successfully? I think entrepreneurship is the ultimate vehicle for women to create the life balance that they, they personally are looking for. Everyone's idea of success and happiness is different, but if you can identify it, and then allocate time and resources appropriately, then you've really succeeded. And so I look at the priorities, you know, is it my son's birthday? I mean, I'm going into his pre- his uh, first grade class on Thursday to make the craft for Valentine's Day because that's important to me. And I scheduled and structured my entire week to make sure that I had that time block available. So setting priorities for your family that you can meet, for your business that you can meet, for your relationship that you can meet that are attainable, that aren't perfection, um, I think is the key to, to having it all. Awesome. So let's, let's jump into um, limitations, right? What, are you, what is your take on, on limitations or barrier in business or in life? I feel that people, there are always going to be obstacles, and barriers and setbacks and how you choose to approach them very much dictates your end result and your business result and your life result. So um, again, back to that quote, uh, setbacks are truly opportunities in disguise. So don't limit yourself. Look for solutions. Look for workarounds. I find that those solutions and workarounds tend to be even better than the original idea or product I was working on when I finally do get around the limitation or obstacle. Cool. I think that is so true. And this is why you're successful. I think a lot of successful people don't truly see limitations, but they see problems that needs a solution that either they can answer or they need somebody else's point of view, you know, to answer. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, I do take, I mean, it it sounds really easy to say, oh, obstacles or opportunities in disguise. I absolutely take it like two minutes to be upset about whatever the problem is. And then I'm like, okay, switch into solving mode. So you you should absolutely indulge in your emotions and then channel them into the solution. 
Awesome. So how, how much time would you allow? How much time do you allow into just like, you know, getting upset, for example? Do you have like a set amount of time? Two minutes. <laughs> Two minutes. <laughs> set it on your iPhone. Watch it take off. Awesome. That's pretty cool. I think, like you said, right, there's time for everything. And I think once you have like that, that clear kind of set time to be able to be upset about something and not just trying to push it down the rug because that emotion is going to surface back at some point. Um, but be able to say, okay, this is my time to be upset, be pissed off, and then not have to just put that away and, and uh, take action. So exactly. can you kind of go now into um, more of a, of a story of a time where you limited yourself, right? And it was just Danielle, only you, you limited yourself. And, and what did you do to kind of conquer that? I would say that started when I started Miss Now Misses. I came from um, a corporate sales position and had an amazing product and all this information and handouts and presentations. And so having a startup that was very much a minimal viable product, I didn't feel like I had the authority to go out and make the big partnerships happen, the strategic partnerships with industry leaders. I felt like I needed numbers. I needed, you know, X number of customers or X amount in sales before I was ready to talk to those, those individuals and those corporations. And that was completely a limitation I put upon myself. I worked on the small deals, the, the, hotels, the caterers, the florists selling gift cards and eventually built up my confidence. And when I started approaching industry leaders, they were like, where were you? Why did you take so long to speak with us? (laughs) And so that was very much a limitation I put upon myself. And I just sort of built my way up and through that limitation. So pretty much were you just going from from one small win to the next small win to the next small win until you felt confident enough now to go for, for that big win? Yes. And in hindsight, I should have just been like, this is truly an amazing idea. It's an instant add-on product for anyone in the wedding industry. It's non-competitive. It solves a pain point. This makes sense. Yes, it is. And again, when I saw it and I I understood that, I was like, wow, that is, you know, and you don't don't always think of it on on the spot. But there's, there's like you said, so many. Um, I guess you can explain a little bit more about what the company is about and what exactly you do, because obviously I know, but I want you, with your own words, kind of explain exactly what um, you know, Miss Now Misses does. Sure. Miss Now Misses is a direct result of a personal pain point. I got married and went to change my name on my driver's license, and it took me three trips to get it right, and that was incredibly frustrating. And so out of that frustration came the idea for an online name change service for brides, something like TurboTax, where you answered a few questions and it auto-completed all the right forms and told you what to do and what time and where to file them. And so we've condensed a 13-hour tedious process into a 30-minute online experience. Currently have 300,000 customers in two countries. Woohoo! (laughs) <laughs> That's a happy dance. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> awesome. So are you thinking of potentially just taking that further and kind of seeing like how that can that can work for other countries? I'm open to other countries. I also had, and it's a good piece of advice for listeners, be open to paradigm shifts. So for years, literally years, I focused on the 88% of brides who change their name each year. And that was my pie. And it's 2.3 million women. It's a big, big market. 
But, but there's this moment where I was walking through a store and the greeting card aisle had these little hanging um, arms with gift cards on them. But there weren't any in the bridal and wedding and shower section of greeting cards. And I had this aha moment that it's not just the brides that we need to market to. It's all of the wedding guests and bridal shower guests looking for the perfect gift to give a busy bride. Mm. And so through that paradigm shift of who our market could be, uh, we now have uh, gift cards in all Target stores across the United States. Nice. That is awesome. And, yeah, you know, I just finished teaching an entrepreneurship class, <laughs> actually. And, and, and that is one of the, the big things we talked about, right? It's just about, like, finding that, that need um, and being able to answering that. And once you answer it, then you get rewarded, you know, for creating or adding value. So you, you did exactly that. All right. So let's go into, um, you know, I believe in life that we put limitations on ourselves or allow other people to limit us, right? And those people can be... Uh, family members, you know, br- you know, like brother, sister, parents, you know, when you say, I want to be an entrepreneur and you had a good job and now you want to jump into this amazing roller coaster, you will often be stopped, right, by, by family members or just by uh, people around you. So can you give us a time where, where uh, somebody trying to limit you, right, in your, you know, in your journey and, and how did you fight that? Um, I will give a specific answer for me and then a a more general one facing um, most female founders. So for me, um, again, on that quest to be the doctor, um, I stayed friends with one of my college professors and exchanged Christmas cards, et cetera, and um, wrote her about my experience and I'm starting this company. And she wrote back, oh, you realize that you are my biggest failure because you didn't get into school, but I wish you the best of luck with your little wedding business. Oh, wow. So that stung. That was definitely one of those moments where I was like, that was really unexpected. And I gave myself more than two minutes to be upset about it. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, I took that, that, that limitation and decided to use it as fuel And it was very nice when um, my college alumni magazine had me on the front cover recently and um, did a four-page spread on the success of Miss Now Misses. Wow, that is is awesome. All right, so that was your personal one. And then as far as a limitation that a lot of women face is um, venture capitalists. Everybody loves venture capitalists, but the majority of them are elderly Caucasian men. Mm Mm-hmm. And so if you are a woman or a different ethnicity or from a different country, the things that you experience, the pain points you have, and therefore the solutions and companies that you build around these solutions don't make sense to them. And so it can be very frustrating to pitch across the table and be so excited and absolutely rock your pitch and have them be like, oh, well, I guess I'll ask my wife about that. And so I would encourage women to use analogies that men would understand. For example, there was a a friend in fashion tech who had um, designer consignment shops all compiled into one place. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very cool. It's called SnapSwap. And um, the venture capitalist was like, well, why would anyone buy an old purse? And she had that moment where she was like, well, would you consider purchasing a vintage Maserati? He's like, oh, of course I would. And so she made the analogy that helped Mm -hmm. him understand the value of her idea. 
So I think the goal is to get more women to be venture capitalists and more diversity overall in venture capitalism and in entrepreneurship. It's a diverse world and we need diverse solutions to, to create the happy world that we're all looking for. That is, that's awesome. Awesome to, to have your perspective on that. And do you believe that, um, that women have a hard time negotiating than guys? I think it depends on the woman, and I think very much it depends on how she was raised. Um, we, uh, to make generalizations, are always terrible because they yeah. don't fit everyone. <laughs> but I will, I will make the mistake now, and I will generalize. Women are typically taught to be polite and classy and pulled together, and not to be argumentative, and not to make a scene. And in negotiating, I feel like sometimes women sell themselves short. Um, we also taught not to brag about ourselves. And that is exactly what you have to do if you are pitching anything. Like they always look at team. And if you can't say, I'm the best thing since sliced bread because my idea is this and here's what I can do and my team can do, then you're not going to win. So I think that is a hurdle for women, not all women, but um, it doesn't come quite as naturally as it does to, to male entrepreneurs. Mm, yes, yeah, so I think self-promotion, right? Self-promotion, I think it's... Uh, it's, I know I struggled with self-promotion in the beginning because I didn't, you know, very humble, didn't want to, to keep on talking about myself. But, no, you know, if you don't self-promote, people are not going to know about, you know, what you have, what you can offer, and how you can help. Um, so self-promotion, I think, is, like you said, something that is huge. And I think both for, for male and female um, as well. So let's talk about fear. Ooh, fear. Right? The big, the big one. Um, <laughs> Right. So let's talk about fear. Can you give us a time where, you you know, you were fearful, but did it anyway? Kind of just like take us there. I really want to know. Yes, absolutely. Um, so a year into having founded Miss Now Misses, um, an individual came and mined all of the intellectual property out of the website, uh, signed in over 170 times, clicked through every state, pulled all the forms and all of the coding. Mm -hmm. And here I am, you know, profitable, but a startup and I have to make the decision. Do I sue this person? Do I, what, what do I do? And I was afraid. I was afraid we were going to spend all of our revenue fighting this and we weren't going to win. And, you know, just all of the really scary outcomes that would come out of, out of litigation and debt and all of these things. And, um, despite my fear I looked at it very logically and I realized I needed more time to build my brand. I needed time to have a monopoly and become the industry leader and make those strategic partnerships that I had been so afraid to make in the, in the past. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I decided to fight and I ended up testifying in court, federal court, eight months pregnant and, um, won the case. So it, it, it conquered the fear, but it, it, it was scary and it was a lot of money and an emotional toll, you know, all of the excitement and energy that you put into your business and growing, you know, a huge portion of that was siphoned into, you know, the passion you have to have to do depositions and fight. And so, um, I don't know that I would recommend it to everyone, but in that particular circumstance, it was very much worth, worth it. That is awesome. I know every, uh, numerous people have fear of being sued. Right, because you take it so personally, <laughs> and in the United States, people do get sued a whole lot more than probably anywhere else in the world. <laughs> in the world, um, so being able to, like you say, you know, going to court 
to defend, you know, your business um, is is huge. And I can definitely see the fear because everything that you say, you know, you can potentially lose it because if you say something wrong. So I definitely get that. All right. So let's move into um, action plan. Okay, so a little bit more to action plan. And I think we, we, we briefly talked about that, but I kind of want to re- reiterate. So we do know there are numerous women out there, some that have like just amazing, you know, we're going to niche down, right? We're going to go to just like women. So they have this amazing idea, this amazing concept in their, in their head, right? That they know they were given to do and put on this earth, but they are stuck in limiting themselves or allowing others to limit them. What kind of clear action plan would you give them to move forward? I would tell them to, it's, you can't just at, find someone and be like, will you be my mentor? But I would encourage them strongly to, I mean, talk about their idea with positive friends and family and colleagues. Everyone's always afraid that your idea is going to be stolen. But in reality, ideas are worthless until a profitable company is built around them. So talk to people, build up your confidence and find someone in the industry that you are looking to enter and have your ultimate question, like the crux of your business, what you must know to feel comfortable and find a way to ask them that question. Um, that That's my actionable first series of steps. Okay. So now they come back to you, but Danielle, you don't get it. Like I really have like limitations, like I have kids and I have a job. I think I should be doing this. I think I should be starting a business, but I really have like those limitations. Like, so what should I do about those? I think I would look very honestly at where you are in your life, where you are in your career, where you are in your family. And there's never going to be the perfect scenario to start a company, but also look at your life 50 years from now. How are you going to feel if you look back and you never did what you always wanted to do? I mean, this, I mean, do it. It's, it's, you, you just have to take the leap of faith and try it. Awesome. So let's go into, um, a little, again, a little bit more about you now. So what do you think is, is maybe like the one habit or quality that you think is responsible for your success? I am tenacious. Um, do you know that song by Chum? Chumbawamba, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Um, that's that's sort of a like mini theme song of mine. I just keep going. And it's not always perfect, but it always moves forward. And it makes me happy to continuously move forward and drive. Hmm. That is that is really good. So how do you how did you develop that or is it you know, did, you, did you develop that through just like, a, you know, challenges that you had in your life or did you always have it? According to my parents, I've had it since birth. <laughs> <laughs> I had campaigned for a horse for, I believe, 16 years. <laughs> that is awesome. So what do you There's think something. is, can, what is the one online resource that you believe, you know, is responsible for you being, you know, quote unquote, unlimited? Ooh, um, from a business perspective, from a personal perspective, what is any? I mean, obviously, you're you're a mom that has, you know, has you know, husband has a uh, a business. So, I think definitely something that, that kind of allows you to be able to kind of do it all, right? Like you think of doing something, you do it, and you and you achieve it. So, do you have an online resource that you use to allow you to to do all that? So it would be a combination. Um, I love Google Calendar, and I color code it for 
business events, personal events, family and friends events, child events. And so having all of those colors helps me see my week and my month and see if things are out of balance. And um, I also, Pinterest is how I find recipes, how I make crafts, how I find inspirational quotes. So it feeds into the three major buckets of my life. Awesome. So you talked about, you know, Google Calendar. So are you a, are you um, big on doing a master calendar? So everything on one calendar, personal life, business life, and all that good stuff? Yes. And I have to do that. Otherwise, something like something slips. And so seeing it all not only keeps it front of mind, the color coding, again, if everything's blue for Miss Now Misses, then I'm neglecting my family and my friends and other responsibilities. And so trying to have a happy medium of colors across my my screen is is a visual indicator that I'm doing a good job balancing. Awesome. So do you have a clear routine that you follow, you know, for you to create you know, that calendar, like, is it on a specific day that you create your calendar for the week? Or is it, do you have like a clear routine, you know, to create that master calendar? Um, to some degree, like, um, you know, school events, sporting events, those go in, you know, as soon as I get the roster, um, my workouts go into the calendar immediately at the beginning of the month. And then I try to designate certain days for certain activities certain work activities and expectations, but they tend to just bleed through the rest of the week. Awesome. So let's talk about a little bit about book, right? We say leaders are readers, right? So what book would you recommend, you know, for, for someone that is kind of limiting himself and you just need to, to give that as a mentor, you give that to them to just allow them to change their, their limiting belief. Uh, perfect book. It's by Ogmandino. And it's called The Greatest Salesman in the World, which is the worst title for one of the best books I have ever read. Um, It's written as a story and unlike most business books. And there's a series of scrolls. I won't wreck the story for you. And in reading those scrolls and absorbing their very simple but very powerful messages, it will uplift you. It will change how you think. And then it will change your life. And I have it... on my wish list so that, <laughs> <laughs> so that I can get it. Um, usually I do um, audiobooks first and then I get the, you know, because I'm in Texas, so there's a whole lot of driving in Texas. So I get audio first if I can, and then I get the, the hardcover. <laughs> so just to, to kind of feed off on that, have you, is it in the work to have your book on audio? It is. And um, as I talk about Kickstarter within the book, I did I had to do a good bit of research on it because it wasn't available when I started my startup. And so as a mental exercise and as a way to engage more community, I'm planning to um, use Kickstarter Indiegogo to fund the audiobook. Awesome. Awesome. That is really cool. Really cool. Well, we definitely need to have you back on whenever you know you finish this because we know there's there's most likely going to be an amazing journey you know, to fundraise and get the book recorded and, and then the promotion of the book. So that'll, that'll be awesome. All right. So ha- as we are winding down, um, we have one more question for you. So, Daniel, if you were unlimited, without limits, could not fail, what would you do with the rest of the week? Oh, my goodness. I would, you know, 
absolutely take a tour of the universe and uh, come back and um, let's see, can we go for world peace, creating world peace and um, truly having the bandwidth and ability to sit down and talk with anyone who had an idea and wanted in a mentor or fostering to help them go from idea to business, to sustaining, to growing, to exiting. That that would be what I would do if I was limitless. Bam. And you got it. <laughs> love it. Love it. It really, you know, I love this question because it really goes into the core of, of the person, right? Because if you cannot fail, like you're going to go for what you truly believe deep inside, um, you know, it is important. So love you answer. So Danielle, you know, can you give us now kind of just like a, a final advice, the best way that we can support you, and then we'll say goodbye? Absolutely. Anyone who is curious, male or female, that has an idea or has a startup and has hit the, okay, I started up, now what? And needs the, you know, how do I protect against market change? How do I, you know, handle competition? How do I grow? How do I delegate? All of those things. I would encourage you to to pick up a copy of Elegant Entrepreneur, or if there's someone in your life who just needs that little shove to get their idea into reality, again, um, the book would be a great way to do that. If anyone else wants to talk, wants to write something, wants to record something, I am open to any and all opportunities. There we go. And how can they reach out to you? Um, I'm, uh, elegant underscore entre, E-N-T-R-E on Twitter. That's probably the fastest way to catch me. Um, uh, there's also a contact form on my website, elegantentrepreneur.co. That is awesome. And we also have all that guys in the, the show notes in the description, um, of the episode. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for being our guide on this path to unlimited and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. It was an honor. Thanks. Bye. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Um, it really helps us spread this message of possibilities that whatever you can think of, you can accomplish. And also, go to tptunlimited.com, subscribe to the newsletter so you can be notified of new episodes. And as a reward, you receive um, our book called 21 Days to Unlimited, How to Accomplish Your Goals and Unlock Your Unlimited Potential in 21 Days. Accept compliments from everyone, limitations from the one. Love you guys.